Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. This podcast is about all things outdoor photography, including landscapes, wildlife, macro, and more. The show features two talented photographers, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, who bring their different experiences in photography to the podcast. The show is released weekly every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In today's episode, we have Corey Hart on the show, a 16-year-old landscape photographer from Wisconsin who produces stellar video work alongside his photographs. We talk about what inspires him to explore and using photography as a way to capture and tell the stories, and we also dive into his favorite weather conditions and compositional techniques while creating in-the-field photography vlogs. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did with Corey, and we hope you follow him on his social channels down below. And as always, be sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode 46 of the All Outdoors Photography Podcast, and today we have a very talented landscape photographer on. Yes, we are having Corey Hart on the show. Uh, welcome, Corey. Uh, just tell us more about who you are and uh, where you're from and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Corey Hart. I'm a 16-year-old landscape and well, sorry, woodland photographer in Wisconsin. And um, my, my main thing that I photograph at the moment is woodland photography, just because it's really the only thing um, to photograph here in Wisconsin um, that I find interesting, at least. Um, but I do do landscape photography when I go traveling and stuff like that. Um, I, I've been doing landscape photography for the past four years now. I started in 2017. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess a little bit more other than photography. Um, I, I really love the outdoors, of course. Um, things like mountain biking, uh, cross-country skiing. Um, I, I enjoy running and hiking and backpacking, a lot of stuff like that. But um, I also do a lot of singing and dancing as well. So yeah, but it's a little bit about me. Awesome. awesome. So how did you kind of first get in to kind of the photography aspect of being outdoors? Yeah, so um, I guess how I first got into photography to start is uh, it was actually a mistake. Um, I didn't mean to whatsoever. And uh, basically, I had this old YouTube channel. It was a Lego YouTube channel where I built these um, custom Lego houses that I made with you know my own pieces and stuff like that. And I, I, I reviewed them on the channel. And basically, I built this house that I really liked and I wanted a better camera for mom if we had some sort of better camera than this little pocket camera that I had at the time and uh, <laughs> she pointed me to this uh, Nikon D3200 DSLR um, and at the time no one really ever used the camera I think we used it once for a family photo shoot um, so I, I was really on my own to try to figure out how to use it and in doing so um, I, I pressed the shutter button and uh, somehow some way uh, that kind of hooked me. And my first ever photograph was of a blurry wooden floor. It was underexposed, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> but eventually I... Right there. <laughs> there you go, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, uh, um, I'm outside and uh, I started taking pictures of the flowers. And I kind of, I think that's maybe, I, that's probably what started me with um, the the nature uh, aspect of photography. Um, I mean, other than that, though, my family's always been a very outdoorsy family. Um, I personally, uh, before that, wasn't like busy. I, I, I enjoy going outside and hiking and stuff, um, but it wasn't like a, a passion as it is now. Um, but that, that also definitely influenced it as well. What a way to start, though. I mean, that's just like I never heard anyone quite have like that startup with just like the Lego stuff and then just kind of <laughs> like finding a camera in your family's 
house. I don't know. That's just really cool though. Yeah, yeah I know. It was in my, my parents' closet. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. That's great. So uh, what makes you stick to like woodland in particular? Is there just like, I mean, you said you like the woods and everything, but like versus doing like wildlife or I don't know if you do any macro, but like what makes you really stick to the woodlands besides, you know, what you're surrounded by, as you said? Yeah. Um, honestly, I just, I, I love the woods. I love being outside. I love hiking, everything like that. Um, one thing I, I think I enjoy most about woodland photography is the the challenge of it. Um, I'm sure both of you guys know uh, um, how difficult photography can be uh, just because it's so complicated. You know, you got all the branches and trees and dead limbs and bushes and everything in the way. <laughs> It's a very complicated uh, thing to do. And when you're trying to uh, compose it, it, it can be very difficult. I love the challenge of that. Um, and it's fun to try to find simple scenes um, within the woodland. Um, when it comes to wildlife photography, honestly, I don't really know why I don't do it. I, I love wildlife. I love watching it. But I guess I've just never really been uh, to go out and photograph it um in macro stuff uh i i i've i've never really uh, gotten into that either just because it's <laughs> i don't know it, it, i feel like it's more on the technical side um trust me I, I love technical stuff i love talking about camera gear but i i do not have the patience to like sit down with a with a tripod really close to a subject and focus on it for hours and mm -hmm. focus stack and, and post process that I, I just i can't do that <laughs> But I can compose a woodland scene for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's on a bigger scale, I bet, too. You know, macro is really dialed in. So I, I could agree. It's like if you get your focus, you have to get pin sharp. And if you don't, you know, like there's more, I don't want to say, there's more leeway, I think, with woodland in that aspect. If you're doing like a wide right. angle scene, yeah. you know, and you can choose your focal point. But like macro, it's like you have to be really just on point with it. Yeah. I feel like you picked probably one of the most challenging fields of like outdoor photography too, because with woodland, I mean, lighting's like very important as well. And so you're probably pretty limited on oh, like yeah. days you can shoot with all that. Yeah, I mean, I've one I, one thing I've been trying to do better on is um, going out in in conditions that I'm not as comfortable with. Um, so recently, we, we've gotten a lot of fog, which I I can I love fog when it comes to woodlands, as most people do. And um, but one thing I've been trying to um, uh, work on uh, is being able to photograph the woods in um, you know more difficult, let's say, lighting scenarios like um, you know uh, a sunny day or I mean even a cloudy day can sometimes be difficult uh, just because it doesn't really um give you the the depth or the or the contrast within a scene it makes everything look um very similar especially in the summertime when everything's green there's no con contrast within that no separation um so that can also be pretty difficult uh but I, it, it depends on the season and, and year but that's something i've been trying to work on a lot is lighting I, I would definitely agree with Henry. It's like it's one of the I would say it's one of the more tricky ones too, um, subject matter wise. But yeah, especially if like shooting high noon or something in the woodland, it's just gonna be so spotty and just the contrast, light and shadow, it's all gonna be all over the place. Oh yeah. And when you're when you're in a woodlands, are you specifically looking for photos or are you kind of just hiking around and if you see something you'll you'll stop and take one? Like are you just 
it's kind of the two different yeah so I, yeah yeah so i i guess i i always go out with the intention of wanting to take a picture a photograph or multiple doesn't matter but um generally for the most part uh i always come away with zero i'd say maybe 70 to 80 percent of the time i come come away with nothing um but i i think over the past uh i don't know maybe six months maybe even to a year um i've really just enjoyed uh the experience of just uh being outside in nature hiking through the woods whereas previously um, if I didn't get, come away with anything, I, 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 I didn't feel very good about my photography. Um, I felt like I just was, wasn't doing very good. So, um, uh, but yeah, that's definitely something I've improved on is, um, just enjoy going outside, even if you don't get anything. I mean, sometimes I just, uh, you know, go out hiking with my camera bag. I just never really even take it off. Um, even if I find something that could be interesting, I'm just like, like yeah, nah, I'd rather just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. Definitely, yeah. So you consider yourself more choosy about your like your photos and compositions. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's really neat, though. I mean, I, I watched some of your. Uh, we could, I guess, talk about it in a moment, but like, talk about uh, your YouTube channel. Um, and I've been watching your videos for quite a while now, and it's like it's just neat to see the different conditions you get in and everything. Um, so, is there any like? compositional techniques you're looking out for in particular or just anything that really just sets apart from like just walking away from a potential image yeah so i mean there's a there's a ton i could go on hours and hours about this um but i guess uh at least at right now um currently with my photography um it, it completely depends of course on you know my inspiration on what i get from social media or looking at other photographers stuff or just ideas that i have but right now, I've been really interested in the more intimate, chaotic scenes. Um, so I guess what I mean by this is like, um, let's say you have this gorgeous old oak tree, this gnarly oak tree with these crazy epic limbs that are just, you know, scraggly and winding around the frame. I just love uh, getting these closer, intimate scenes of these chaotic details within a, a woodland tree uh, that's something i absolutely love it doesn't have to be a tree too i mean it could be um rocks in a river i took a, a photograph of that i i printed it actually and it, it's it's amazing i love it so much and um that, that's something I, i've been really enjoying is just these uh more intimate scenes um and uh, something that i actually just recently got inspired on uh, compositional wise is um from a photographer uh on instagram that i that i saw his name is hans strand i'm pretty sure i think he's swedish um he uses hasselblad and he is amazing i think one of the things that i i really noticed about him is his ability to um compose these extremely chaotic scenes but uh you know able to uh organize them in a way that is easy to look at uh that that's simple right um so that's something that i, I definitely want to go experiment with so um but i guess other things when it comes to composition um some things i like to look for are things like leading lines and visual flow within the scene um as well as separation is a very important thing, whether that's from, uh, you know, atmospheric conditions such as fog, or that's looking for contrast within a scene, um, as well as that, but also uh, balance as well. Generally, I like to do a lot of symmetrical type of balance. So, you know, where you have a centered subject or 
um, you know, let's say you have three subjects within the frame and they're all, you know, almost equally distance away from each other. Um, so there's different things I like to look for as well as layers um, and different shapes and, and textures uh, within the scene is, is really what um, I find interesting and the way the light interacts with that. Sorry, that's complicated. <laughs> oh, you're, you're all good. No, um, made, I did wanna, made sense. Yeah, I did want to ask um, a lot of beginning photographers that kind of think they uh, have to be like stuck in the rule of thirds. So what makes you like centered compositions? Uh, so much. Uh, I actually, yeah. So, um, I guess uh, first, I should just say, like, I, I just recently made the video on hating the rule of thirds. I haven't posted it yet, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm planning on doing that soon. Um, but I, I do not like the rule of thirds. I think, I, I, it's, it's been proven, obviously, to. Um, to help with compositions but for me personally i find it to not no i don't, I don't like it at all because it stops you from uh being creative i think um as well as that but also uh the more precise story um, which i kind of talk about in in this video that i'm planning on uploading um but by a precise story i mean like let's say you have this tree that you want to photograph and it's just out in the middle of the field um, and you're told to compose it in the rule of thirds. So you do that. But when you do that, you know, you have all this other crap, um, you know, branches or whatever coming in on the left hand side and you're composing it on the right hand side, uh, the tree on the right hand side. When you do that, then you have all this other crap within the frame that you, you don't want. You know, the, the main story is about the tree. So, you know, what do you do then? Like, cause you're told to compose in the rule of thirds, um, you know, but when you do that, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look good. You know, it, it doesn't tell the story that you want to tell. Um, so that, that's when you kind of compose center or you try something else. Uh, for, like, so like I said, for me personally, um, with composing uh, center wise, one reason why I really like it is it's super simple. It's easy to look at and, uh, one thing I like to do is just print out a large picture of that, uh, of a centered composition and just like stare at it for, for hours. And you could just like, the, the type of pictures that you can just look at and not really think about when you're, you know, you're like looking at it, but you're thinking about something else. It's just something you can enjoy. Um, and of course you could do that with the rule of third stuff. Um, and I, honestly, I don't have a problem with, uh, sorry, this is really rambly, but I don't have a problem with composing to the rule of thirds. Um, what I, what I guess I don't like to do is composing, uh, because someone told you to compose in the rule of thirds. So like if your composition has, ha happens to be the rule of thirds, then it better be because it's, it's what looks the best and not because that's what someone told you. At least that, that's what I, I guess, think of it, but, um, really composition is, uh, it's, it's completely, um, subjective to, to anyone. So, um, it completely depends on who you are believe that <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes total sense i feel like for like in the contrast with wildlife photography i feel like rule of thirds matters more then because it's like you want the animal or whatever to like walk into the scene but like there's a lot more leeway i would say with like woodland and landscapes where it's like it just depends on how the subject looks you know so i mean that's, i don't know that's just how i see it so i agree with you on a lot of points there about like it's, it's called the rule of thirds, but it really, in my opinion, I call it the guideline of thirds because it's like, mm -hmm. it's a nice guideline, especially when starting out, but like rules are meant to yeah. be broken. Right. So uh, it's not really something oh, yeah. to just follow verbatim. 
Yeah, that or the the tool of thirds too. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good one. Cool nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. You ever use so, like the the golden ratio or anything? Some, any of the Fibonacci um, and all that? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've uh, composed to it once or twice, but I, I guess mm-hmm. I've never really um, done it to specifically do that. I mean, I'm sure I have when I first started, but not recently. Yeah. I guess we could analyze your photos and figure it out, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you could do that. Yeah, there you go. Now we won't do it now, of course. But no, I mean that—that's pretty neat. Is there so? So you said like trees are a big main draw. Do you do like other stuff in the woodland, like waterfalls or like just you said rocks? I mean, is there any other like subjects specifically in woodland that you maybe are drawn to more? Yeah, I mean. Mainly, it's I'm drawn towards trees, but I would love to do waterfalls if I had any around me. Um, I have some like maybe four or six hours away, but uh, you know I can't really. That's I don't know. That's that's a bit unreasonable to go to. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, trees is really the main thing. Um, like I said, I've I've kind of been experimenting with more uh, intimate scenes. So I mean that could in- include things like moss. Um, or bark on a tree or or roots or something like that, Um, as well as rocks, like I kind of mentioned. Really, with the woodlands, the nice thing is, is there's so much stuff to photograph in there. I mean, you got flowers, waterfalls, if there is any rivers, rocks, uh, trees. So you can can go for really anything. And um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I kind of just photograph whatever I, I, I find interesting. Generally, that happens to be trees or something to do with the tree, I guess. that's awesome yeah i would even (laughs) recommend if you have any creeks around you like do those i know they're not the most glamorous in terms of like water flowing but like those can be very beautiful photographs potentially too oh yeah oh yeah yeah because i mean i i recently uh took a photo maybe three weeks ago um of this gorgeous mist above this uh this creek i really like it i want to print it so um i mean it wasn't the main subject but it was in there so yeah creeks are nice i love creeks me too we can get along there <laughs> yeah, same here. ryan's actually uh dropped his camera in the creek a couple times he loves it so much oh my god yeah. one was like a one was like a okay the first time was the wet woods but yeah the second time i was waiting through a creek and just just face playing basically <laughs> it's not it was my it was my favorite creek too so it's like oh man why'd you do me like that nah so uh, <laughs> so this this may be a, a uh, yeah sorry I was going to say going to gear, but I mean, you got something else to add. Oh, I was just going to ask, um, this may be a very hard question, but what would you say is like your, your favorite woodland experience you've had? Oh, okay. So let's think here. Um, well, I mean, I guess this is, this actually should be pretty easy. Um, so I, I guess if you watched my, not my most recent video, but my video last week, one of my favorite woodland experiences. Um, it was just because of the light. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, I feel like I, like, I, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was crazy. The light was amazing. Um, and, and the pictures show that I think, uh, I, I mean, just the, the fog that, that we had, it was, it was thin enough to allow the sunlight to shine through. Um, and then you had the, the gorgeous sunlight shining through the tree, which created these God rays. Um, and, and you also had this kind of warm to cool um, 
uh, gradient, I guess. Um, it, it was just the conditions for the the best conditions I've ever seen. Um, but the funny thing is, actually, I kind of mentioned this in that video as well, is actually in February this year, um, we got somewhat similar conditions, but with uh, hoarfrost and snow. Um, but you, I had these God rays. But the funny thing is, it was it was it was photographing the same exact tree. So that tree, uh, I photographed probably maybe ten times now, um, in different compositions and stuff. And uh, it's definitely my favorite tree in this entire planet that I've met or seen. <laughs> met. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> it's not personified yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do my best. Yeah. I love that tree. Yeah, that's though. awesome. <laughs> yeah, we all. I think I can speak for Henry too. I bet we have our like favorite trees or just like ones we like to visit, you know, regularly. And that's 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 really neat how like that one particular for you has all those god rays and you keep seeing it throughout all the year and seasons. Of course, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's place at the right time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of what we do is luck, yeah. So for sure, <laughs> that's great. So you mentioned about uh, intimate landscapes. So I want to like talk a little bit about gear here and what you use. But so are you composing those more with like a telephoto zoom lens, or you know what kind of gear would you say you use uh, most times? I actually own two. Yeah, I mean, I I have one lens in my possession right now. It's the Tamron 100 to 400. The other one I broke, which was the Canon 24 to 105 f4 uh, lens. So that now, um, <laughs> I'm still waiting in the bill. So we'll see what that is. Um, but so yeah, those are the two lenses that I have. It's a 24 to 400 range, which is uh, you know amazing. Um, I'm thinking of getting a wide angle lens soon too, um, but we'll see. Anyways, um, yeah, so I guess for composing intimate landscapes, generally it's something more on the long uh, long lens side, um, whether that's uh, using the uh, the longer end range of range of my um, Canon lens or the, you know, my Tamron lens, whatever it is. Um, generally, it's between the 100 to 400 millimeter range kind of thing um, for those more intimate scenes. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes it can be, um, you know, something a bit wider as well, depending on the scene and how close I am to it. Um, it completely depends. So I guess those are the two lenses that I use. Um, and if you want to talk more about uh, gear, I also have the Canon EOS R. Um, my previous camera was the Canon EOS T7i, and I use Nisi uh, kind of uh, square filter system. So, nice. so yeah. do you do a lot of long exposures with those filters? Or? Um, recently, no, just because I just really haven't found myself in a, I guess, place to do them. Generally, I like to do them with waterfalls um, or, or water. Um, I don't really do it with with clouds. Um, so, like as much water features in in where, where I live. Um, so I don't really do much long exposures at the moment. Um, but I do a lot. Um, but I mean, it depends. It depends on what I'm photographing at the time. Yeah, I think when you're first starting out when you get your first filter set or at least i i was always doing long exposures like even when i really shouldn't have been um and you know, <laughs> slowly use them less and less really that's at least what i've found as i've continued on. yeah yeah i mean there's yeah there's definitely a place for filters i don't think that you should be using them every single shot uh, i mean you yeah. can if you want um but 
there's uh, definitely like fits to them. But if you if you you know using it for everything, then it it kind of uh, it, it starts to lack the benefits. I guess I don't know. <laughs> On the inverse, I use my polarizer filter a lot. Like I would say it's over 75% of the time, but you know, yeah, it is one of those things. It's like a, it's like a stylistic choice for like the outcome of the photo you want. So it really just depends too. Oh yeah. Thing that's nice with polarizers is one thing I do a lot. Generally, I don't normally go all the way um, polarized, I guess. A, a lot of times I just kind of go halfway. I um, mean, that kind of gives you this nice, um, in between, because um, one thing that I I don't like about polarizers is sometimes they get rid of the depth um, because the glare on the leaves or whatever you're photographing does add a little bit of depth within the frame. So sometimes um, they get rid of that, uh, like if you polarize all the way. So I like to kind of do kind of a in-between kind of thing. Uh, that's my personal style, but um, of course, really anything is correct. It just depends on who you are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people like that flat look. Like that's probably what I prefer is less glare. So I, I like it just to be a nice clean look to it. But yeah, I would say a middle yeah. ground is a very good way to go about it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, just kind of experiment with stuff. For sure. Yeah. So you did mention uh printing a bit, so you you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I've been uh, recently I've been um, experimenting with uh, different printing stuff, um, mainly because uh, I guess my my main inspiration for it was because I wanted to create a print store, which I still haven't done yet. Um, it's a bit of a daunting task, I guess. But um, yeah, so I, I've been printing different um, different prints uh, here and there from over the years. Um, I don't have a printer, my own printer, so I use a, a print lab. Oh, man, I can't think of the name right now for some reason. It's a very popular one though. So um, yeah, so I, I basically use that and I've just been kind of experimenting with um, different printing stuff. I've maybe printed like maybe 12, 14 pictures so far, um, but it, it's fun. But you know, you gotta, <laughs> it can be a little bit expensive, um, especially oh, if you yeah. want the higher quality stuff. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And it doesn't matter whether you use like a print lab or you print yourself, like you're either paying for ink cartridges or just paying for the labor and service to someone else. So yeah, it's, it's expensive, especially right. up front, but like just seeing your work tangible, like you probably experienced this, of course, it's like, like there's no other way to say it, like a phone screen or whatever doesn't even count. Oh, I mean, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and it's, I, I don't know how, how big you guys print your photographs, but the bigger you go, the more amazing it is to just look at them. Like, I mean, even if you don't hang it, like hang it on your wall, just like printing it big and laying it on a table is just amazing because you can get super close to it. And, oh my God, and you, it's amazing. You see things that you've just never saw on your phone screen or on the back of your camera. Like it's just, it reveals mm -hmm. everything yeah. about your photo. Yeah, it's a, whole, it's a whole new perspective. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, dust spots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had that problem. Oh, I need scrutinizer. You know, <laughs> you know, fresh out of the printer, you know, print. It's like, uh -huh. dang it, I missed one. Yeah, or it's, it's underexposed two stops. That, that happens to me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, it's like you got calibrators and stuff too, and that stuff gets tricky to learn about. Yeah, them, of course, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and Sorry, printing. I mean, it's a, it's an art. Art, art in itself, I guess, because 
it, it, you know, because obviously for, uh, printing on a piece of paper, viewing a picture on a piece of paper is completely different than viewing it on a backlit screen. So you kind of have to adjust things here and there. And that's what can be kind of costly about doing test prints to get it to look exactly how you want to want it to look. Um, I guess that's that's what I've noticed. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 totally worth it. I mean, if you have if you just kind of put aside some some money for it, I would highly recommend it highly. Yeah, it's something that, you know, these social media apps, they may not, may not last forever, but the prints, you can hang them on your wall or give them to a family member and that'll be up for generations. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there like any kind of uh, like end goal with the printing or is you just do it for fun or do you like look to like make exhibits out of your work? Is there anything like you're planning to do with the printing? Um, to be honest with you right now, I, I don't really have any idea. Um, like I said, I have like 12 prints just sitting on my floor right now because I don't know what to do with them. Um, but I guess, like I said, one thing um, I do want to try to do soon is set up a, a store which I already have it kind of half set up, but it's just kind of, um, I'm still working on uh, doing test prints and getting things, uh, you know, color corrected, everything like that. Um, but that, that's definitely uh, an, an end goal with, with printing. I just think it'd be fun, even if it sells one print a year or something, but yeah, it, it would be fun. Yeah, for sure. Be awesome. yeah. yeah. I wasn't trying to lead you in one way or the other. I was just, yeah, curious, I guess, if at all. <laughs> no, yeah, you're good. You're good. And uh, kind of in general as well with your photography, um, where do you see yourself going with it? Like, will, will it be more of a hobby thing? Or are you going to try to pursue a career? Oh, I'm, I'm going all the way. I'm, I'm going to do my best to pursue this thing. <laughs> I got nothing else uh, about me that's, that's good. So it's got to be it. <laughs> <laughs> Put all your eggs in one basket, I guess, a little bit, right? Yeah, that's that's the type of person I am. Awesome. <laughs> might be I mean, might be a little bit dangerous, but I'm glad you're being honest with yourself and doing what you want to do. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't know it's how right. my parents feel about it, but <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they support you at least. No, they do. They do. They're just a little bit nervous, as as most yeah. people should be. It's a it's a difficult <laughs> thing to do, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I'm determined enough to do it. You, you yeah. definitely have the skill for it. Let, let me tell you. I mean, you will be big. Oh, someday, thank you. I'm sure. No doubt about that. <laughs> thank you. Do you, Do you see yourself Appreciate doing that. like w workshops or anything, like teaching, or is is like the YouTube channel kind of like an offshoot of teaching people about like landscape photography? Yeah, I mean, I I would definitely uh, consider doing workshops. Um, I I love I loved uh, doing the kind of teaching aspect of it. Um, I mean, especially this year with the uh, I've been doing these uh, different programs teaching woodland photography. Um, it, it's been so fun. I mean, it, it's nerve wracking, but it, it's definitely it's 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 a good time. And um, I don't know, just like the response that you get from it too is. Um, it's, 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 it's assuring, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would definitely consider doing uh, workshops. I mean, uh, for me personally, it's that that's one thing I would really like to do. Um, as well as of course, selling, selling the artwork and, um, I don't know, maybe doing online tutorials or whatever, whatever comes up. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Depends. Right. <laughs> Make it up as you go, right? At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why we do it. If you can juggle all those, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. 
So what do you have any like inspiration? I know you mentioned Hunstron, which he's an excellent photographer. I agree. But is there any other like inspirations that really drove you to like photograph more in woodland? Oh, yeah. So um, when it comes to woodland specifically, um, Simon Baxter, I'm, I'm pretty sure both of you guys are familiar with him. He's a phenomenal woodland photographer. Um, uh, him, but um, as well as that, um, Adam Gibbs, he, he doesn't primarily just do woodland. He does um, a bit of landscape and woodland and these more intimate abstract scenes. He is another phenomenal photographer as well. Um, another guy is... Uh, uh, Eric Bennett, I actually bought his his book and it is amazing. Um, I for like one thing, like the things I really love about him is not only is his photography amazing, but I guess his um, outlook on conservation and everything like that is just so inspiring to me. Um, so he, he's definitely one of my biggest motivations. Um, but other than that, also like landscape photographers, um, people like uh, Thomas Heaton, um, uh, Joshua Cripps. Um, uh, yeah, there's a there's a ton. There's a ton of people out there, and uh, it would take a lifetime to name them all. Maybe not that long, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the end of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard right. of um, Elliot Porter by any chance? I think he's about. I don't even sure if he's alive still, but he's like an older style, like intimate landscape photographer. And his work, you'd probably really like a lot. I'll have to check him out. I've never heard of him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely been, like right in was, your wheelhouse. Like he's, I think he very pioneered the use of good. intimate landscapes. If I'm being yeah. correct, I mean he's probably one of the first to really like dial in. Besides like Ansel, of course, and all those, but like to really just like look down from a top down view at the the woodland floor or something and just find these these abstracts and textures and everything. Yeah, so I really I really yeah. look up his work or maybe buy one of his books. It's really good. I I just looked up his work and it is amazing. Yeah, his fall stuff is just spectacular. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. The spread of leaves. And, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy the amount of Man. things he does. And he was I mean, also, he was like one of the first wildlife photographers as wow. well. He would like put up his film camera and just wait for a bird really? to land with like a wide angle. And he was like so talented. How long ago was this? 60s, 70s, I believe? I'm not sure of his lifespan when it was, but yeah, I mean, he was, he was way long ago, I think. Um, but yeah, his work is none other. It's, it's one simply the best. I think, um, I think I have his intimate, I think it's just called intimate landscapes photo book. And it, it's like a masterclass in landscape photography. Like it's crazy good. Wow. Yeah. It looks like, um, according to Google, it was like between the sixties and seventies. Okay. He was born in 1901 and 1990 uh, died in 1990. Okay. Yeah, he did it later in his life. It's interesting. Yeah. Kind of later. And that's the thing about photography, really. It stands up so well over time. Like, despite technology's changing, like, it's, you know, still, Elliot Porter's work is still just as good or better, honestly, than most people's work today. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, because it is like a, it's, it's an art form. So, um, I mean, if you get rid of the, uh, the, the, the sharpness, technical aspects i mean if you're photographing on a large format then uh, that's not a problem at all but like if you get rid of all of that stuff uh you know if you're good at composition you know th those are going to last for for you know forever really because it's yeah it's it's the art so yeah 
Yeah, one hundred percent. It it sticks with you. There's like a legacy to it, you know, because like you said, it is art, so it's like it's always there, you know. Way after you're gone, you know, not yeah. to be dramatic, but it's kind of makes you glad you started at sixteen, right? <laughs> Love the truth. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> so you you brought up with like the style of editing, I guess. So like, what software do you use, and like, what's is there any kind of like certain post processing techniques you really are drawn to um, using more with your photographs? So I love post-processing. Um, I use Photoshop and Lightroom. Um, generally for, uh, I guess, my workflow, um, generally I'll import and organize my photos in Lightroom, and then I'll take them into Photoshop and start doing all the processing. Um, I, I don't really have um, a specific workflow besides that. Um, so generally I'll do some minor corrections in Lightroom, so color corrections or exposure corrections. Um, or if I have any blending uh, for panoramas or uh, bracketing images, um, then I'll do that in Lightroom, um, unless I need to do it in Photoshop. Um, and then I'll just take it into Photoshop and I will start to kind of uh, think about the, the different things that I, uh, that I want to change or, or that really, really start to focus on the things that I, I like about the picture and figure out ways to enhance them, whether that's dodging and burning or using a bit of vignetting or uh, saturating the areas that I like and desaturating the areas that I don't. Um, so, you know, using multiple different layers and, and uh, all this different stuff. Um, techniques is using a filter. Uh, it was, it's from the DXO, Color effects uh, four, I think that that's what it's called. Um, it's uh, it's like a glamour effect, and if you use it, it, like it's meant for portraits. But if you use a very minimal amount of it on like a woodland scene, it's basically an Orton effect, but it's like automated and it it looks amazing. I I, I just like I don't know how to like repeat that effect like manually, but it's it's crazy. Like because it adds contrast, it adds warmth, or you can add coolness as well. But adds a saturation. It's it's gorgeous. But you really have to be careful with it because otherwise it'll make your picture look very. It's interesting <laughs> how you kind of use multiple different programs, kind of assemble your photos into one. Uh, I know a lot of yeah. people just kind of want to stay in one or the other, but it's really cool how you switch between. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand staying in one because it's it's a lot simpler. Um, and uh, trust me, I definitely did for most of my time as a photographer. But I, I, I one thing I really like about post processing is it's um, it's it's really like a like the second half of uh, photography, right? And um, it, it allows you to um, completely create your own image. So let's say that you were, you know, at a very popular location, let's say like Mesa Arch or something, photographing the same scene as a ton of different people. Post-processing is what's going to really make that different if the compositions are the same, um, other than lighting, of course. But um, so it really allows you to kind of implement your own style, your own kind of vision of the landscape and what you uh, experienced when you were out there um, through post-processing. So that's what I like about it. That Mesa Arch uh, example is like the perfect way to say it. Yeah, it's it's all about how what sets you apart from the competition, not competition, but the rest of people, you know, other photographers. So right. it's really great yeah. to look at it. Yeah. So you're, are you more so concerned with like like a portfolio as a sense of like cohesiveness or are you, like you said, you you rather edit a photo to its strengths. Is that correct? Like you're not. Really yeah, I mean, I you don't use presets. For, no. Do you? 
no, I do. I do not use presets. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with kind of the compositional rules thing. I don't. I don't like kind of that presetted aspect of photography. Um, and uh, when, yeah, like I guess when it comes to style, I, I don't know if I really have one. I don't know. I just get. I feel like I would get bored of doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, it's it's definitely helpful to have, but um, I think it also can limit your creativity and what you can and can't do um, with your photography, which I I don't think is good because of course photography is supposed to be a creative exercise. So at least that's the way I look at it. But mm-hmm. and obviously, like awesome. as you continue um, in your photography career, you kind of start to develop a style naturally, almost. Um, like your, your yeah. photos will kind of fit together in their own way. Um, you know, they may not be exactly oh, the yeah. same, but there's always some kind of common compositional technique or lighting preference. And, you know, it all kind of fits together. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, because that's one thing. A lot of people, or I guess I don't really know, but I first, first when I started, I thought like the whole style thing was completely just post processing. But really, I mean, it could be light, it could be combination, it could be a whole bunch of different things so um yeah i mean yeah it, it definitely does evolve over time and uh, it changes and, and everything like that which i think is good yeah that's the way it should be you know with like maturing as you i guess mature yourself you know and your creativity too so yeah that's pretty great yeah so like what kind of like this might sound like really hokey hokey but like is there any like stories that you like to tell with your photos does that make sense like is there any like things you want to share um be it conservation or just a creative photo is there anything like you really want to tell with your imagery so like um metaphorically or sure yeah okay so i mean like i I, I guess i don't know sorry let let me let me appendix that a little bit so like yeah i guess i'm asking if like are you more like a conservation photographer or are you more like just creative, intimate landscapes and maybe like abstracts? Like, I guess, which side of the coin or both, you know, are you on there? So I'm going to do my best to answer this. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I, I, I change every single day, every single hour, even, um, right now I've been, I've been doing, um, I guess I've been leaning more towards the uh, conservation side and, and photographing these scenes um, to uh, to in, inspire people to um, you know to understand the the natural world around them. Um, and I mean, especially here. I mean, Wisconsin's a beautiful state, but when I first started photography, I I thought it was horrible because there was no mountains or oceans or deserts. It was just all woods and, and stuff like that. So I I wasn't really really too happy with that. But over the past year, um, uh, built this appreciation, this love for um, my local woodland area, my local area in general, um, and uh, yeah, built a great connection with that. And um, I guess I guess that's one. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what I'm what I'm telling with my photography because really most of my photography is taken um, in this area, and I'm really doing my best to um, showcase the smaller scenes as well as maybe some more broad scenes, but really really mainly the small scenes of the woods. Um, but I don't know. I, like I said, it, it changes, and um, I guess <laughs> I don't know if that was a good answer or not, but. Yeah, I'll leave that up to you guys. That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I don't think you should be one or the other. Of course, it's like, yeah, I do agree. It's like it does change 
by the day or minute almost too so yeah um, i mean it's not like you go out with a name tag that says like hi i'm a conservation photographer like yeah you know, like, you're kind of just <laughs> i think anyone does uh-huh. really you go out in the scene and you know hi. you see what you see and you know convey the message through it um, right there you go i think i think it's good because like um identifying with that more local perspective of like i'm gonna shoot uh, only intimate landscapes and smaller scenes, but like you're also just your local woodlands because that's that's all you know in a sense, you know, with Wisconsin. So, um, do you ever see your like yeah. self traveling abroad? I mean, you've taken like I think trips internationally, if I recall, right? Uh, I, I've never been out of the country, um, but I yeah really? I, I do def- definitely go to them. Yeah, no, I've never been out of the country, um, but um, I, I do go to the mountains uh, every so often, maybe two times a year. Um, maybe for like a, a week or a week or a week and a half. Um, this year, we I went to Glacier National Park as well as Colorado, um, and um, I, I yeah definitely I, I consider myself um, to to go traveling. Uh, one thing I want to actually do, um, I'm still trying to convince my parents that this is the right idea, but I want to graduate high school a semester early um, and go on a six month road trip out west. So you know, like through uh, Colorado. Utah, you know, California, uh, Oregon, Washington, uh, Wyoming, places like that, um, and just go hiking and backpacking and do photography, and uh, it'd be fun, I think. <laughs> oh, that that totally spectacular! Yeah, you have any uh, <laughs> yeah. specific locations in mind for that, or you just um, find stuff? Yeah, I mean, of course, like all of the main main parks but i also want to um i have i have connected with some uh, locals in in utah um for example um on instagram and uh, uh she's kind of it's kind of given me like um some some uh, more local less known locations that she loves to photograph so um places like that as well um, but i do also plan on doing this uh 100 mile hike through this mountain range in wyoming uh, it's called the high well, I think it's I think it's the high wind river route or something like that but it, it's it's a, it's an amazing trail and um it, it's just it's so beautiful so I, I I'm gonna plan on doing that for like a, a five seven day trip depending on how long awesome. it takes me but wow yeah I mean backpacking and photography like that's it's probably I've never done it myself but um do you do that a lot or would this kind of be your first time? with the the backpack um, aspect yeah yeah so i i've i've backpacked before i've never done i i haven't done like a whole week of it I, the longest kind of backpacking trip i've done is uh maybe two nights i think it was um in colorado it was actually the first time i went backpacking um but uh all the other times it's just been one night uh just because you know i have to go with my parents and they don't really want to do that kind of thing so <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I I love backpacking. It's it's one of my favorite things in the world, and it it combines super nicely with photography. Other than the extra weight that you have to carry, which can suck a little bit, but just the the the, the fact that you can be there for sunset and sunrise and and all conditions is just it's you know it's priceless. It's amazing. You know, it's how you it's how you can achieve these phenomenal lighting conditions in places that most people don't really go out to photograph unless you want to go out and hike at 3 a.m. in the morning to get there for sunrise or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's dangerous and crazy. So I think backpacking is probably the better route. 
No, yeah. for sure. Yeah, a lot of places you can't even do that. Like you can't get get there before sunrise, anyways. So if you have to, like, you know, right. backpack or hike I mean, I, miles, I I have actually um, went up a, a mountain at. at It's um, it's definitely tiring, and uh... <laughs> oh, <gee. laughs> to say the least, yeah. Did you do that alone? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I went with my aunt and uncle, but they were like um, maybe like a mile behind me, so oh, wow. depends on what you yeah. consider okay. alone. <laughs> you had to race up to get that light. I mean, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Man, do you see yourself doing like lots of more solo trips or do you like see yourself tagging along with other photographers? Um, honestly, uh, I don't like in, in person, I don't know many other photographers. So really solo is what I personally enjoy. Um, I, I've always been a very independent person um, as well as a bit of an introvert, which may be a bit of a shock. Um, but you know, when I talk about photography and stuff, I'm always excited. Um, but generally, uh, for the most part, I'm fairly introverted. And um, I, I, I don't know, I just love being out there alone and uh, being able to say that haha, I experienced this by myself and you didn't get to come. <laughs> it's selfish that way, but you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's great, yeah. I, I can agree. It's like you definitely like to create more alone, I think. You, you have like your full intentions and focus there. And so, yeah, and experiencing that. But, you know, yeah. sharing it with others, is, of course, is great too, you know, or after the fact. Right. Know, like, look at this video I made or the images I took. So, yeah. And there's there's oh, something yeah. there's yeah. really something so peaceful when you're like an hour or so in to photography by yourself. It's like a at least for me, it's like a complete zen almost. Even if I'm not taking photos, like just being out there, like it's just yeah. kind of a mesmerizing, really. And, and that's one of the the biggest reasons why I do it is because it's just it'll yeah you know, allows you to just slow down and enjoy the the, the natural world. So. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, uh, I've never actually went out to photograph with other people. So if I did do that, that my, my whole idea of that could possibly change, but all, all I've experienced was photographing with my parents with me. And that can be a bit of a, bit of a hassle because you know, they want to go there. and I want to yep. stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Us young Especially before you have your license. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The life is really hard. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. It's a hard life. I mean, my first, my first trips were like, I just took my, like a small camera bag and my bike and just went as far as I can get, like within reason without, you know, dodging traffic. But did you ever do any of that? Like when you started out? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to say I was too lazy to do that. Um, but <laughs> oh man, <laughs> no, I, I never, I, I never really did any of that. Uh, I did one time run to a local park uh, with my camera bag um because i yeah i was in cross country so i it's fairly um it, it wasn't terribly difficult it, it was like 10 minutes away a 10 minute run so it wasn't bad but yeah um other than that though no i don't i nah, didn't really ride a... do you have your license now via foot or whatever <laughs> well now you're mountain biking right so maybe you're not so lazy now yeah <laughs> look at you no no i'm not, not lazy anymore <laughs> yeah last awesome. year last year i got into mountain biking yeah mountain biking that's that's awesome and it's uh that's fun and that's a workout right there for sure oh yeah 
oh yeah it's it's so fun and and i don't know it, it's also it can also be pretty technical as well but it's it's exhilarating because it can be kind of dangerous so it's it's a good time yeah, i would recommend it if you guys haven't done it yet yeah, that's, oh, yeah i actually like that was before i got my license i would mountain bike everywhere for photography and it was uh definitely <laughs> interesting i i uh i fell yeah. off a cliff once uh with it so that was, uh, it's cool <laughs> oh, I, yeah i was i was able to oh grab onto God. some ivy and save myself but it it, it could have been bad so yeah it's been a lot worse yeah, yeah. Good. glad we, i can drive we now. should make a movie Let's off of that, that. yeah <laughs> wish i was yeah, vlogging no. it yeah. henry on the edge uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great Adventure yeah it, it's series. funny it's it's neat how like we said cross country because I I ran in high school as well and it's it's I, I find like my that fostered my love of nature was that because I was long before not long before but I mean I wasn't really in the photography as much as I am now and that's like I go back to that because yeah. I'm like cool I was running through the woods and you know through streams and stuff and it really that's that's where it got started almost for me too stuff like that just out, yeah, outdoorsy it's, things it's... yeah. It's it's so fun. Just I don't know, doing really anything outside. Whether it's sitting on a rock or climbing a mountain or <laughs> running through puddles. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's all worth your time. Let's just say that. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh yeah, Corey, this has been it's pretty great conversation. So um, where can people go to learn more about your work and check you out and follow you? Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was, it was a really really nice chat. Do you have any uh, platforms you want people to go to, or shameless plugs? Anything? Oh. Shameless plugs. I'm going to make a shameful plug to my Instagram, Corey Hart Photography, um, as well as I also have a YouTube channel, which is just Corey Hart, um, and uh, I have a website, which is Corey Hart Photography. So it's pretty self-explanatory, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. To be honest with you. <laughs> And all that will be linked down below for you guys. So make sure to check that out. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Corey. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you guys again for having me. It was a great time. Of course. Thank you so much for watching the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.